0: could ask a quick favour if you're listening to this please hit the subscribe button and the follow button like share rate review the podcast it helps more than you realise
1: there's been quite a few drip fed issues of equality throughout my journey I guess so um, when my marriage broke down in 2008 I went back to university did a degree in event management decided that I wanted to work in the events industry And gleefully applied for jobs in London, thinking I would just walk into this amazing events job and that would be the start of my new career. And at least three different places turned me down and were quite clear that it was because I was a single mum. But for a woman going into
2: it, um, I need it to change. I need it to change and it's my problem. Shouldn't be, but that's the way it feels it is. Um, So, you know, so that's that. We've got to talk reality. Uh, especially in football I find (laughs) taught reality and uh, it still is you know the world is still uh, essentially sexist and there's still a lot of change to be made
1: and I tell you what though if we can do it in football we can do it anywhere I just knew that it was something that I really, really had to do. Like, I didn't see any other option at that time. I still don't. I still think the mission is really important. I still think that women need representation. And I just felt that I don't know what I'm doing, but the only way that I will get to know what I'm doing is just to keep on this path. And it took an awful lot of resilience, um, and it it was difficult. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was a very big company and their manifesto was leaked on how women should and shouldn't behave and it was wear heels a certain length talk of talk a lower tone of voice don't laugh too high-pitched and it was it was one of the big global companies um and you know i was just it is trying to get that mission out there that it's okay to have joy, and joy is concomitant with health. It's so important.
2: The more that I campaign for women's football and for women to be footballers, for girls to be playing and learning those lessons of leadership and resilience, you know, even what you're talking about that that goes so smoothly into the world of business. You know, making decisions, focusing, teamwork, all the stuff they learn on the pitch, doing it in public so you're not self-conscious all the time. Do you know what I mean? So important for girls and women. Men have had access to this for years. The more we break down one set of stereotypes on one side, the more we allow the other side to just be who they are. We get all little boys at Lewis FC Women's Matches seeing these women as great role models and meaning they don't have to do it if they don't want to do it. Do you know what I mean? And we get the girls at the men's matches that can see that you can go either way. You can be whatever gender you are. And follow your own path. This is what we're trying to say. Be yourself.
0: I believe every business owner has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talk podcast, powered by Picture Book Films. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. We have a very special episode this week as I'm joined by two guests. We're in this episode two days prior to the Lionesses Euro 2022 quarter final clash with Spain right here at the Amex. Uh, This highlights how far the women's game has come but still a long way from achieving equality within the game. With that in mind, who better to join me than the elected elected director at Lewis Football Club, Karen Dobrey, alongside the founder of Co-Women, the Social Club for Sussex Women in Business Joe Child, as they have recently joined forces to work together and push further ways to strive for equality in sport and business. Mm-hmm. Awesome so karen joe welcome <laughs> thank you
1: absolutely thank you delighted
0: to uh, to have you guys here um look we're gonna we're gonna delve straight in and i just want to find out from you both really what sort of led you to the sort of positions where where you are now so karen obviously becoming director uh, at lewis fc and and joe yeah what inspired you to start and set up co-women so
2: absolutely so um the first thing to say about lewis fc is we're 100 percent community owned um and that means that we uh have a board of directors elected from the ownership so once you become an owner which is very easy it's just 50 pounds a year three clicks away on our website um, (laughs) you can stand for election and you write an election address and then uh, you can you get voted onto the board so that Mm -hmm. happens once a year you've got a term of three years and um i became well first of all i started to volunteer for the club in 2017 when uh, the club introduced uh, the concept of gender equality to football by paying the women's team the same as the men, valuing them the same, resourcing them the same. Um, And I was interested in this um, and started to volunteer and started to tell people really, communicate about what Lewis FC were doing, especially to women who may not necessarily like football because of the gender divide uh, around football. And uh, I got so into it and started to really encourage women to come to through the turnstiles to the women's matches in solidarity with the cause. That are, and I started to get sponsors on board that I thought I might as well stand for election here and become a director because <laughs> I'm already doing so much for the club yeah. and it gives me a bit more of a platform you know, and an authority yeah. uh, with which to say the stuff I'm saying. So um, I stood for election, I became a director in uh, 2000, I wanna say 19, um, so actually in October, when we have our AGM, um, I have to decide whether to restand or step down for a bit. <laughs>
0: uh, have you thought about it? What, what? I'm, I'm
2: thinking yeah. about it, Sam. I mean, there's so much still to do. So yeah, sure. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. How best to do what I what I need to do with the club?
0: Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Joe, talk talk to me about co women and the setup and that.
1: Yeah. So there's there's been quite a few. Drip fed issues of equality throughout my journey I guess so um, when my marriage broke down in 2008 I went back to university, did a degree in event management, decided that I wanted to work in the events industry and gleefully applied for jobs in London thinking i would just walk into this amazing events job and that would be the start of my new career. And at least three different places turned me down and were quite clear that it was because I was a single mum. Um, and one, I, I don't think it would happen now, I mean this is what, wow. over ten years ago. Um, and one lady sat me in the interview and she said, we don't really like to employ single mums because you will need a lot of time off for your children. So that was the first kind of hint that I had, I guess, that there was a real issue. Like, if I'd have been a single dad, would I have faced the same mm. same issue? Um, and then over the years, I, I went, just sort of bounced from job to job after that and then decided that the only option for me was to start my own events business. And then I delved into the wonderful world of networking um, <laughs> and came across um, comments uh, such as, has your husband helped you get this started? Um, you know, where have you found the help from? And I just it just felt very um, insidious, you know, the assumptions made that a woman in business would have had to have help somewhere or that it was a hobby or a side project. Um, so I struggled a little bit with the networking in general. I just found it very corporate. I felt that it didn't really feed into neurodiversity either. I just felt it was very formal, um, a very certain way of being. And gradually, over time, what started as a very generic events business very quickly became something that needed to be for women, for women to feel confident and empowered in business and not feel the massive layers of imposter syndrome that many, many women feel. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Sure. It's, a, it's such a... Obviously, so my wife's a criminal solicitor, we've, known, we've been together 20 odd years, went to school together and she's always really she really wanted to, that's what she wanted to do since she was 11, so she got, and it was really strange, sort of met, like, even now that like, she's been made managing partner recently of uh, the criminal law firm she works for, and, and actually even when I was talking about it, just as an off the cuff, but the, the partner there, when I was talking, said, so, oh, are you going to speak to your husband about obviously the additional hours you're going to work, and she was like, well, no, I don't need to check with my yeah. husband about <laughs> what I'm going to do with my career because she you knows she's got my full support and vice versa. So, But even, so I guess the is only you know, a few months ago and it's still, I guess, the, one of the reasons, I guess, for me is that we've done the International Women's Day featuring SBT and I was so excited about it, obviously, having you both on because we it need, it's still, we're so far away from where yeah. we obviously need to be. So I think these conversations are obviously, yeah, so important. I'm keen with you, Kevin like with the, I guess with the with the football club, what, in in regards to football in general, like getting involved, being a woman, I guess in sport, how did that sort of feel like getting involved in that sort of side of stuff? Because <laughs> it's a, it's still a very male dominated uh, yeah. uh, arena, isn't it?
2: I mean, it's it's hugely male dominated, and the disparities are vast between yeah. you know we can talk about what women are paid as compared to what men are paid but also the pitches that the women play on do they set play on the same pitch or yeah. are their pitches inferior and much further away from the town no. that they're representing so making it harder you know for people to come to yeah. and uh, the the prize funds like for the fa cup we've been campaigning to equalize those prize funds and there's been a bit of success lately with it going up but it's yeah. still like i think it's 1.8 million for the men and remember now how much it is for the women it used to be twenty five thousand, but it's gone up but it's still a massive disparity and also like the things that people do on their websites with their women's teams are incredible like this doesn't cost any money at all but they often have like their first team and their women's team uh and and you you have to find it you know on the website uh and they have um they have for example most clubs let's pick a couple of famous ones like Arsenal or Manchester United, you'll get Arsenal Manchester United on Twitter and you get Arsenal women, Manchester United women, whereas we have Lewis FC men and Lewis FC women to Mm -hmm. make it the same. Like there's little things you can do Mm -hmm. to put out a signal um, to equalise a bit more. But yeah, I mean, it's um, for me getting involved in football (laughs) was something that my, you know, when I first said that I was going to stand to be a director at Lewis FC. Uh, my, my friends were laughing. They're really? like, What the hell? It's one thing you going around telling women about uh, why they should come to women's matches, but it's another thing being a director of a football club. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking of? Because I never used to like football. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Joe? They were like, What's happened to you? Is this But I said, No, because it's like, the thing is, people like me have to feel comfortable at a football ground and have to feel that I can be a director, and we're talking about board diversity all over the shop. Let's just do it. Yeah. If I'm not, you know, I have to sort of, on the board, let's say, because when I first joined the board, there was one other woman on the board, and then she she stepped down, actually, and I was the only woman on the board for quite a while. And um, the thing H- how is- How many
0: board members are there? Yeah. Ten.
2: 10. But the thing is then, now it's more or less 50-50, Sam. Really? This well, is how we're brilliant. progressing at Lewis FC all the time. But back nice then, a couple of years, I was the only woman, and um, the thing is, I had to keep valuing my difference, right? And even though sometimes it, it was a real pain, and I did feel sometimes ignored, or, you know, my voice didn't carry as much weight, sometimes I felt. Yeah. It's really hard to prove this stuff, right? yeah, I of felt. Of course, of course. Um, but what I brought to the board uh, was very different, you mm. know, in terms of like, being concerned about whether we had designated breastfeeding areas or not or you know introducing prosecco on tap mm-hmm. you know to to our to the rook Inn and thinking about what would make someone like me feel comfortable and enjoy the atmosphere at the dripping pan um so that was i think i felt that was really useful and it, and it The good thing about it was that because our gate figure kept going up for the women, Mm. um, and the men actually, but let's talk about the women, because that's where it quadrupled in a couple of seasons, I kept thinking, well, what I'm doing is good, so I am valuable on the board, and I kept thinking that to myself. But having said that, there were things that I remember having to change about myself. Mm. And one, the main thing, and it's gonna sound silly, but like from the minute I was brought up by my, my mum and dad, Anyone that came in our door had to have a cup of tea and a sandwich, and me and my sister had to make it for them. And so when I'd go to board meetings and there'd be like uh, some biscuits out and some tea and coffee and kettle, but no one had a cup of tea. Why? They're all sitting there without anything, right? Mm. But no one's making it. So I'd be like, anyone want a cup of tea? And I'd go to the kettle and, and make a cup of tea. And I thought, what does this look like? I'm the only woman and I'm serving all the men <laughs> with their cups and their dishes. And it just feels wrong and it sort of makes me feel like I'm not on the same level as them. Yeah. So I've got to stop doing that. So I have stopped. And one of the things that I always say to uh, women if they're going into male-dominated environments is just stay away from the kettle. Because that's <laughs> what I'm, like, I feel magnetised to it, <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to stay away. And it's just little things like that, you know, that do make a big difference and I have learnt, and I've learnt that you can say stupid things and it doesn't matter so I used to think I couldn't if I was to say something you know in a board meeting it'd have to be ready thought out perfect and just right but I've heard enough men now say things that are really dodgy and I think well no you can say what you like and if it's a mistake it doesn't matter so I now have more like you know I'm I'm much more comfortable there really and um, Yeah, I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm not saying I haven't had what we call imposter syndrome, but I don't think it is a syndrome. I think we are imposters. I'm an imposter in football. I've felt it. I still feel it sometimes. And uh, I think it's a good thing to be because it diversifies the organisation. But definitely um, I would encourage more women into male bastions because if Lewis Football Club is anything to go by, um, you become very successful economically and morally you're doing yourself a favour as well.
0: Yeah absolutely, I, fi- I find that bit and uh, even the thing around the ball meeting with the is, but I think the, the other issue there and I, uh, is for that the men, it, there's an issue there with men automatically just assuming and that's where the that's what's got to change it's not your yeah. responsibility to go I'm gonna do that yeah. like, or even for you to go I'm not gonna it's got to be a man that's got to get up and yeah. do it but just that men open their eyes a little bit more to that situation and, and just yeah. shouldn't, I guess that's what. I'm,
2: I think it's a good point Sam I think there is it's a two-way thing all the time mm. but I think it's um, harder somehow for men to notice Um, when you're in a male bastion already Mm -hmm. because they're so used to things the way they are and they don't feel that difference and they feel quite at home the way things are so there's nothing making them change really but for a woman going into it um, I need it to change I need it to change and it's my problem shouldn't be but that's the way it feels it is Um, so you know so that's that we've got to talk reality uh, especially in football, I find short yeah, yeah. yeah, reality, and uh, it still is. You know, th- the world is still uh, essentially sexist, and there's still a lot of change to be made. And I tell you what, though, if we can do it in football, yeah. we can do it anywhere.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent agree <laughs> with that. And I think, but what I'm um, because obviously you, at Lewis, from 2017, when you started the campaign, and that's yeah. what, where that change come in. But um, am I right in assuming that you're still the only football club that do pay e- equal? You're correct. So, why, like, that's five years ago, well, yeah. why do you think there's not been more of a, you know, people yeah. getting on board with that and, yeah. and other clubs looking at it, and especially, like, you say, some of the Premier League? Oh, well, I appreciate it, well, what it, the way things are in football and money, it's all related to yeah, that, yeah. but, you know, if, if you can address it at, Lewis, surely there's mm. got to be something along the line. Where, um, well, why do you think this not not happened? In- oh,
2: it's an excellent question, isn't it? Because if you look at what's happened to us since Equality FC, it's all sort of brilliant. Yeah. We've got one of the biggest sponsors in, we've got Lyle and Scott, sponsoring yeah, yeah, our yeah, yeah, shirts yeah, yeah. for a six-figure sum. brilliant. Yeah. And we've got um, the women's, women's uh, taking has gone up by 367%, the men's by 82%. Uh, both first teams sold out last season, it's unheard of, we've never done that before in, our, oh, yeah. in the dripping pan um you know we beat liverpool last season i mean it's yeah. just it's all right I just have to say that and it's just like we've had so much success from equality we've just in fact we're just having a new pitch relayed ready for the new season that's come the grant for that three quarters of a million pounds has come because of our women's team mm. and the men will of course benefit from that they're very chuffed about that yeah. so it just shows you how equality really is a rising tide lifting all our boats not just for one of the teams mm. both teams benefit all the team benefit so the thing is the question is very good why aren't other clubs doing it if Mm. it's working so well for us and I think the thing is that we have to look at clubs of different sizes really Um, first of all it turns out it's very hard to run a football club it's a struggle (laughs) and what you prioritize you you have to to be quite compassionate really to other football clubs because what you prioritize when you're struggling just to make your men's team work Mm. um, why would you start you know, investing in your women's team, unless you you know, had lots of daughters that loved football and thought, well, I've really got to make this work for them or something. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to really try and put your resources behind the men's team, which are already struggling to keep afloat, yeah. right? Th- this yeah, is yeah. the case.
0: Yeah, of course. If
2: you look at bigger clubs, uh, like your Premier League clubs and things like that, well, they, they are starting to wake up, starting to invest. We know the Euros is on at the moment, people yeah. are watching, they're not going to ignore that, are they? They're yeah. going to put some money behind the women's teams. But if you look at the kind of amounts that they invest in the men's side, um, there just isn't the market in women's football yet for them to be doing that. Yeah. So I think that at Lewis FC, I mean, I've, I've already said there are changes they can make don't cost anything. Yeah, yeah, Play course. the women yeah. on the same pitch. Don't make a big song and dance about it because you've done it once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do it all the time, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And Anyway, there's there's lots of things that you can do with social handles and websites and the kind of marketing that you're doing, to, ha- to really resource your women's team the same as the men's. But understandably, because the men's market's so mature, and the product is so mature, mm. you're not gonna put the same money into it as men like we did at Lewis, because we're the size that we are, we have teams in the leagues that they are, yeah. and it just so worked out that we could create that little bit of, you know, that yeah. send that little bit of sunshine around the globe by, by putting that inspiration out there, yeah. and uh, and uh, resourcing and valuing the women exactly the same as the men. Mm. and. So, do one more thing to say about that, though, when I just said then that we're sending out those little rays of sunshine around the globe, I really meant that, mm. because we've now got 2,300 owners in 38 countries around oh. the world, Sam. Wow. And the wow. thing about that is, like, someone in the Seychelles joined the other day, so that brought us up to 38. It's crazy. The thing about that is a lot of them aren't likely to even come and watch, mm. because they're all around the world. They're in Chile. They're in Japan. But...
0: But inspired they inspired by what you do. Because we're the
2: only club doing yeah. it. They, they can't anywhere else. They can't get that meaning from yeah. that £50 pounds that they're investing. And they know that what we're doing is equally resourcing women and men and making that impact on the world and crucially, impact on the hearts and minds of many, many men around the world mm. who hear about us and think, what? Women play football, what? They're good at it, what? They're making money from it, what? It's great, right? Yeah, it really absolutely. says something about equality to all these uh, all these uh, pe- people, especially male people, which is who need to change, right?
0: It, <laughs> it is, and I guess it's t- like you said, is a historic archaic way of thinking. That and I guess that, again, trying to create spaces where we change the narrative around what that is, and we're, we've got preconceptions of, yeah, you know, oh, this is how it's always been. So, but that doesn't then necessarily make that right. So. There's gotta be small changes somewhere. And like you said, I think that yeah. even if the even if the bigger clubs weren't able to embrace because of financial reasons, whatever that looks like, you can't financially, you know, cripple the club if we've done it like this. Yeah, but yeah. there's still ways of like you say, small changes that won't impact the finances as much. Yes,
2: labelling, you know, positioning yeah. websites, think oh, about it. It's not gonna cost you anything apart from a little bit of sexist thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's fascinating. Well, Joe, jo, I want to talk. Obviously, you mentioned you coming into the, you know, into football and some of the challenges. Talk to me, Joe, about as a woman in business and what some of the challenges. Again, like you've already highlighted, I guess with the interviews and, uh, and the events industry, but then being brave enough to go out and go, right, I'm going to start my own business." Then, if that's not an option, like trying to so talk to me about some of the challenges though that you faced. faced yeah, now. I
1: think in the beginning, the biggest challenge was not having a clue what I was doing um, because it's business, I've got no business background, I've got no experience of marketing, of finance, I didn't have any access to financial help and not having the confidence as a woman to ask the questions or even necessarily knowing what Questions I had, you know, mm-hmm. just starting from a very very basic platform, and just being hyper hyper aware that I was a woman starting a business, mm-hmm. um, and feeling that around me, and, and again going to networking events, and just not having that confidence to stand in a group of men in suits and say, "I'm starting this business." Mm-hmm. I like I never even said I'm starting a business. Mm-hmm. I said I have a business because I felt like I needed to present myself in a mm-hmm. certain way. Um, so so that was that was a big thing for sure um and then how did you like from
0: a mindset what what then What what encouraged you to really get over that sort of side of it and just go, is this like a purpose you felt you really needed to do or out of necessity because the jobs weren't there maybe? I just
1: knew that it was something that I really, really had to do. Like, I didn't see any other option at that time. I still don't. I still think the mission is really important. I still think that women need representation. And I just felt that I don't know what I'm doing, but the only way that I will get to know what I'm doing is just to keep on this path. And it took an awful lot of resilience um, and it was, it was difficult um, and I think along the way another big challenge I had was that I was trying to do something that hadn't been done before so I was trying to bring more joy as a priority into the lives of women, you know women work really hard and they deserve to have this social life created for them and another thing that I've noticed with women in business is that they feel this need to be serious to be taken seriously to present themselves seriously and again going to these events and women weren't smiling and I was thinking why not and I don't know if you remember a few years ago there was a very big company and their manifesto was leaked on how women should and shouldn't behave and it was wear heels a certain length talk of talk at a lower tone of voice don't laugh too high-pitched and it was it was one of the big global companies um and you know I was just It's trying to get that mission out there that it's okay to have joy. And joy is concomitant with health. It's so important. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in a time now where we practice mindfulness, yoga, meditation, and we're really seeing the benefits of all of those, breath work. But no one is still prioritizing joy in their life. No one is seeing that the the quickest way to access and lower your blood pressure and and just regulate yourself is laughter. Mm -hmm people and people you know and and it's and Mm. it's um and it's spontaneous you know so we're all very time challenged already so Mm. the thought of fitting in yoga twice Mm. a week fitting in meditation these are all things that you have to think about Mm. you don't have to think about joy you don't have to think about Mm. laughter and these things really really boost your health Mm. and what i've been saying the last couple of years to women is you know Men have been conducting their business on the golf course and in strip clubs since time began. <laughs> and they're having a whale of a time, so why is it that women feel this stress to be so serious? It's like, and that's my mission, and I think that is a challenge because women still feel like, oh, I'm not gonna be taken seriously if I'm smiling too much, if I laugh and my voice goes too high-pitched, you know, and this yeah. kind of stuff, it's absolutely crazy.
0: There's it, a, a couple of things, really, I guess, for me there, looking at that and just just thinking, I, I, this is what the thirty seventh episode I think of of recorded now. and what I think one, one thing for me I've learned and certainly me running the business businesses for what nearly fifteen years now actually none of us really know what we're doing. we're all actually winging it through. absolutely yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's part part of the fun and the and the and the joy of it. I guess that you know I've and I, I, I was so. I remember going into my first business that I, I, I talk about often on here. When I went into the, so I used to run a hair salon, and I went into that as, as a business owner, not as a as a hairdresser. And as part of the Tony and guy grooming for me, I was. This, I felt that thought of. I'm, I'm a boss here. I need to be really serious. Na- naturally, I'm um, a very. Uh, people would probably describe me as quite a happy-go-lucky generally got a smile on my face and that's how i I was in this salon i was this serious (laughs) thought i had to be this boss and not a leader i wasn't inspiring people and and i think you're right there's there's the preconceptions you go into these environments and think i can't necessarily act in that particular way and and again it's an archaic way of thinking even down to how we dress and what we look like you know i haven't wore a tie since about 1998 i don't think but i think like it's, it's that type of thing going in and just thinking Get rid of those archaic way of thinking we've got to t- because and ultimately the other point I really want to take from that and what I love about the whole joy element that you mentioned is that whatever we do in business or in life in general, it's all about trying to enjoy the process and the journey, you know. Mm. I again I talk about very much I was very fixated on I wanted to become this millionaire and I was chasing this dream and I was this is what and I so fixated on this destination, which I didn't actually know where it was, that you sort of miss out on the. You're actually,
1: not being present. You're not present. Yeah, no, exactly
0: that. And yeah. I think that's such a powerful thing to talk about and encourage more so. I'm, like, I'm I'm hoping, I guess, coming out of lockdown, that people, there's been a bit of a shift. Have you seen a bit of a shift from coming out of lockdown? A little bit, there's more people are a little bit more aware of that and think, you know, what what do I want to do? What's my purpose in life? And I
1: I definitely think people have recognised what's more important. And I think for me, because I have built this community now, I am also in a little bit of an echo chamber. So when I step outside of that, I'm like, oh, I think I still have work to do. (laughs) Um, But again, you know, like you said yourself about being serious, like you've got to ask yourself, who are you being serious for? though and mm. does anyone really benefit from that being mm. serious and are they the people that you're trying to attract or do you want to put more joy in your life and you know if you speak to anyone that's reaching the end of their life they're not going to say oh I really wish I'd been a, you know I'd, I'd been more serious with my life mm. and uh, you know oh, that I hadn't had as much joy mm. you know it's just think about what's important and hold on to that and smile more everyone should smile more I love that. <laughs> so we're always
0: always smiling exactly oh, that. exactly well it's interesting as you, as you mentioned about that and obviously i you, know, you talked about sort of breathing and, and as i said I'm, I'm really keen on especially on, on the podcast to talk like change some of the narratives that are out there and i think um someone we obviously both know you're on englo you, yes you come on, so we, we've done a podcast in him about mental health and he obviously runs a group around men and vulnerability and what that looks like um because it's still again that narrative for men to not be mm. vulnerable and not be able to be open stuff i think mm. crap needs to change and that's what we're, we're you know trying to work work with but he i know i see a post recently you guys posted together which i thought was brilliant about he, he runs a group for men yes and doesn't mean that he and this is he hates women you run a group for women yeah. and it certainly doesn't mean that you hate I men so i'm keen to just explore like that type of topic and, and what that the challenges i guess that you faced around that as well
1: and, it's interesting isn't it that the, the idea of men versus women is such a trigger for people yeah. when it when it's not men versus women in the first no. place you know if Absolutely. It doesn't matter what project, what product, or service you're providing. You're going to have your demographic, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that for your on his is men, and for me, mine is women. It doesn't mean that we're anti, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, it's, and it's so interesting. And we got together and we had a very long conversation about feminism. Um, And just what exactly that means, and it's a shame that it's got such negative connotations attached Mm. to it, because if you just strip it back to basics, it simply means equality for men and women, and that is it. But unfortunately, we have got to a point now where um, we've got extreme feminism, and we've got, Mm. you know, if you're a feminist, then you must hate men, and I just think um, it's just such a shame that we've got to that point, and I think in society with with any mission with any project the pendulum always has to swing completely the other way before it can come back and rest in the middle mm-hmm. and i think that's what's happening right now is that you know we're, we're on this plight for equality for women but that triggers people into thinking that it's something that it's not um and yeah i've i've i've, I've faced some challenges with that in, jo- in trying to run it and sitting with yaron was really interesting and it was like well why don't we do something together mm-hmm. so we're working on this project we're hoping to get it you know something out in september october where we will bring both our groups together because that. it doesn't mean that they have to be completely separate always yeah. you know that's just mm. but he's doing very important work with men that they simply would not feel comfortable talking about in the company of women and the same with me you know we talk regularly we've got 50 of us in a whatsapp group and we have conversations about menopause Mm. and it's simply Mm. not relevant to men it's not that it's Mm. we're shutting them out or we're having this secret society or something you know (laughs) but it's just it's simply not appealing to them and you know anything like sport you know it might be you're you're appealing to people that like sport doesn't mean that you're anti people who don't engage in sport it's Mm. it's ridiculous really yeah Yeah.
0: it uh, really is like you said and it's just uh, I keep going back to that, I guess the archaic way of thinking is just we're we're so we're in our mindsets, and that's what we've you know we've grown up in generations, and it's you know it, it does take time i guess to but you know hopefully people like yourself and your honour and and going obviously are doing these things and and have these missions to help and that's how we're going to get to you know a place mm, where we yeah. you know where we where we want to be i guess but um I'm, I'm I'm also keen to talk about obviously uh, around mental health. I know with you, Kevin, you, you you've done some volunteering. I mean, you for uh, and I think you've done Samaritans in in the past. And yeah. there's obviously a, a, an innate thing within inside you to to want to help people. I guess is that something? <laughs> well, that's the, just just yeah, re- yeah, reading yeah back yeah, no, and I know yeah. But I mean, t- talk to me yeah. about that around. Well, so I,
2: I you know my my uh, my most. I suppose the job I spent longest at before uh, being a, a director of football club <laughs> uh, was I was a counsellor and I, I ran a counselling service for PolyGram Records and I was their in-house counsellor and managed it. So different multi-site and trained to be a counsellor obviously for yeah. for a few years and and um, I don't do you know the concept of the wounded healer? No. All right, so so if you've um, if you most counsellors and therapists people like that. Uh, that want to help have usually had some wound themselves mm. uh, that they've partly healed or completely healed and want to do the same for others. Um, it's what they know about. It's where they're, you know, they're comfortable mm. and they've got a strong sense of purpose about, uh, you know, um, making a difference in the world, making people feel, I'm not going to say happier, but more themselves. In fact, leading on from what Joe was just saying there, I mean, just being allowed to be yourself, yeah. you know, uh it, Brings a bit of joy, um, and is good for your health, <laughs> yeah. so mental and physical. So, um, so yeah, I've always, I've always uh, had a, you know, a strong sense of mission in terms of, uh, and, and a sense of fairness, I suppose, because a lot of the people I counseled um, weren't there for any fault of their own. In many yeah. ways, it was more like what society had dealt them, or mm. what had happened in their families and things like that. And it just feels so. It's not a level playing field out there, is it, Sam? Is it, Joe? So it's just my, you know, I suppose my, where where I'm coming from is, uh, you know, I'm in a privileged position now in my own life. I feel I am. Uh, So why not use it and make what I make the best I can out of myself and my life um, to help others? It's it's quite simple. Myself in the process because I'm not you know i need help sometimes too <laughs> we, we all do don't we? Uh, we we all do we're all human beings um but you know it's really interesting what you were just talking about joe cuz i think being able to be ourselves is so important in this world mm. and we've put so many restrictions haven't we on each other with stereotyping yeah. like with men and and with women and i do feel that when the more that we sort of in my, in my world, the more that I campaign for women's football and for women to be footballers, for girls to be playing, and learning those lessons of leadership and resilience, you know, even what you're talking about that, that goes so smoothly into the world of business, you know, yeah. making decisions, focusing, teamwork, all the stuff they learn on the pitch, yeah. doing it in public so you're not self-conscious all the time, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so important for girls and women. Men have had access to this for years, you know? Yeah brilliant. But the thing is, it's um, what what I was saying is if the more we campaign for women to be like that and be able to do that, the more we let men off the hook,
0: (laughs) right? Because they're
2: all taught to be so stoic and so they have to earn the money, they have to be strong like in their mind and not like uh, show their feelings and be vulnerable like Yaron was saying. Mm. Um, So the more we break down one set of stereotypes on one side, the more we allow the Other side yeah. to just be who they are. We get all little boys at Lewis FC Women's Matches seeing these women as great role models and meaning they don't have to do it if they don't, don't want do to do it. Either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and we A get the point. girls at the men's matches yeah. that can see that you can go either way, you can be whatever gender you are yeah. and follow your own path. This is what we're trying to say be yourself. I love I lo- that. I love, I love that. that. true, isn't yeah, it? Though. Absolutely. You can do it in football, yep. Yep. do it everywhere, but let's. Just go with football yeah <laughs> that, that, that's so
0: powerful. so I, I, i've got twins who are seven have you and um oh. boy and a girl um brilliant but Lu, luca um he's very gender neutral so he's yeah. very gender fluid he from literally from two years old he's wore dresses and had pig towels and so he gets up some days and like when, when he first started school he went first day went in pigtails and his gingham dress next day you go in with just, he's got long hair so he'd it down and they'd wear shorts and a t-shirt and Brilliant. He, he's he's taught me so much about the world and I, I'm, I'm a bloke who grew up in Dagnum and a stereotypical boy I suppose who wanted to be a professional footballer, played a reasonable standard that was my life and everything, blah 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 and that was how my life went so I've come from there and I'm here living in Brighton, I've got, and I had a, I guess, a preconception of what it would be like to have children. Of course, they're yeah. both going to be into football, and football yeah. mad, <laughs> want to be Spurs fans <laughs> like me, why, why would they not? And, and it was the complete opposite. Neither of them have been into football at all, which is fine. But what he taught me about, and I still refer to him as he, and he still refers to himself as he, and some days he's she. And but I love the idea of what you're saying. Ultimately, just to live our life uh, true to ourselves yeah. and who we are. And Don't
2: worry about stereotypes. We're, we're,
0: but society wants us to put it I know in boxes. Still, so I
2: annoying. St- yeah. It really, really does. And and when, when we say it, we're kind of, you know, we mustn't we mustn't put it outside ourselves too much because I still have stuff to correct in me. Mm. And we, we often have to like you know like you're learning from your son. Yeah, yeah. We often have to um, think because well, I, I know that I'm sexist inside sometimes. Mm. Let's let's take sexism because we're talking about it. Yeah. And uh, you know I have to just correct myself a little mm. bit. And and I and I do that deliberately, um, and and I do it when I notice it. I say it as well on the board or wherever Mm. I am, even with the staff, and you know. Mm. And I I talk about menopause and stuff because I've been there, done that. I tell you Mm. that (laughs) nightmare that is. Um, So I have to talk about it sometimes because it's affecting me. But um, the thing is that I think. I was on a run there and I forgot what I was saying, but it doesn't matter, that's menopause brain fog coming (laughs) (laughs) You see the problem there? But, um, yeah, I I just think we do really just have to uh, own it, change it in ourselves, and then it will change in the outside world as well. Yeah, Yeah, I
0: love that. I love that. Um, Joe, talk talk to me again with yourself around sort of mental health and that that type of scenario. Any changes with that for yourself and, and... I know you mentioned uh, about ADHD mm. powerhouse you know, it was on your LinkedIn, which I love. So talk to me a little bit about obviously know, diversity and, and uh, with yourself and within the business environment. And
1: well, I wasn't diagnosed until I was 36. So I spent most of my adult working life not fitting and mm. not really understanding why. Um, The first thing I'll say about the way the ADHD brain works is that we have a very skewed circadian rhythm. So the idea of going into an office and working 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, simply doesn't work. Mm. um, Because there will be days where the brain fog is just so heavy, no amount of medication. I mean, I didn't have medication back then, but there were just days where you simply could not get your executive functioning together and get it to work Mm. so it's another reason why you are three times more likely to own your own business if you have ADHD because you work to your own hours Um, so 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 that's always been a challenge I was constantly losing jobs through through no real fault of my own but just Mm. health and when I first started building my events business my husband would say to me well your brain is just a muscle and you'll get used to this and you know, just, just keep going, keep going, like you, it's not that you're not capable, but I was making myself really sick, um, and it's the frontal lobe, and if it, actually there's, there's a different brain chemistry with ADHD that the harder you try, if you are not managing it and managing your burnout, you'll actually make it worse. Because usually you, you do have these like memory muscles in your brain and they expand and the neurons talk to each other and everything develops over time. So you're creating these neural pathways. That doesn't happen with ADHD. They actually frazzle and burn. And if you don't nurture them and look after them, you know, I just kept getting chronic headaches. I was making myself really sick. So health, again, is such a big thing with ADHD that I think people just think it's neurological. So it's just something to do with you know the the way you process and the way you think but it's it's very physical mm. um, burnout is very physical um, it can bring on onset anxiety and many other things it gets misdiagnosed as depression quite a lot um, because they have very similar symptoms and again the link between adhd and feminism is with adhd and boys especially in in young children they have the hyperactive element so you will see it you'll see that they've got testosterone Um, surges and they will fight and they'll speak loudly and they'll fidget and they'll be very physical whereas girls generally tend to not have the hyperactive side they're predominantly inattentive but certainly when I was at Mm. school that, you know, ADHD wasn't talked about then Mm. so you're, you're just explained away as a daydreamer or a bit scatty or, you know, not very intelligent, when actually you you have this neurological thing. So again, just very, very linked. Um, And yeah, I've been misdiagnosed with almost the entire book over my life (laughs) until I realized at 36 that ADHD was what it was. So, yeah.
0: Wow, Wow. and then I guess taking that, like you said, into the business world as well, and I, I guess being able to create your own hours and work when when it's best for you and again living life that's right for you and not by society. Yeah. I mean this
1: is the thing as well you know trying to explain I think we had a very brief conversation downstairs about getting from A to B you know the Mm. neurodiverse brain goes all like here there and everywhere from start to finish trying to explain my method of working to somebody (laughs) else is so difficult because it kind of doesn't even make sense to me at the start I just I see an end goal I'm like that's what needs to happen and I'll just find a way of making it happen Mm. but trying to relay that to a team can be quite difficult and it usually gets to the end goal and people will see this thing that i've created they're like i've no idea how you got there but you've done it anyway so the end result is still the same yeah. but the out of the box thinking and the creativity around it is very difficult mm. and trying to relay that to somebody else is very difficult and what i'll also say about the hours <coughs> excuse me when i was saying about working the nine to five in a week this is why these hours just don't work in our society. First of all, that it dates back to agriculture, this sort of getting up early in the morning and, you know, how many, how many of us are farmers in this room? You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and just because I might have one, two, maybe even three days of brain fog in a week... The two days that I'm working, I'll be working from seven in the morning until two in the morning because I'll be hyper focused. So if you stretch it out over a period of time, the number of hours that you're putting into a project will be the same. Yeah. It just doesn't fit into that kind of routine way.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm mm. massive advocate because I've I've always been a bit of a night owl, and I've, I've tried Me to. Me too. To, to, I've tried to change recently, just to just with things like you know, so maybe of an evening I'm not going to bed at. Because the kids still get me up early anyway, so you know, okay, I'm, so I'm not actually getting a huge amount of sleep. So I'm okay, and I've tried to change a little bit, and I've been getting up like five o'clock in the morning and then oh. trying to go to bed a little bit earlier, which doesn't necessarily always work. You've still got this small thing, but I, I think ultimately for me, I think it's the Greek Cypriot in there me being Mediterranean. And I, I could get up early, well, and then as long as I have a little bit of a siesta yeah. in the day, I'd probably be much better, and I could work again in the evening, and that would be a perfect day for me doesn't necessarily allow us yeah. in this country to, to do that. Well,
1: this is another thing I say to people, do you want to work eight hours a day and work at maybe 50% capacity? Mm. Or do you want to rest for as much as you can and know that in the two or three hours that you have to work mm. that day, you're going to do, produce some really amazing work yeah, because you'll be so. focused on it. But what's the point of sitting at a desk from 9 to just being tired all day yeah, and producing no. next to nothing? Doesn't mm. make sense. No,
0: be, but again, again, I go back to the, it's just, and again, I think COVID has changed it brought things forward so much, didn't it? Where yeah. We were so adamant, especially in professional services, I guess, it was so adamant on people, you, if you're only working, if you're sitting in front of me working nine to five, where actually they was forced to work from home, and they actually, because of homeschooling and stuff, people were working at different hours and actually mm-hmm. being more productive yeah. than they mm-hmm. were. So I, I do think that COVID really helped in that shape to, mm-hmm. to, for people, companies, businesses, That's everyone true. to go, you know what? Definitely we can we can do this a little bit differently and it takes me quite nicely on that actually, to the next question i wanted to t- talk about i always talk about this mainly this becomes therapy for me a lot because I, of what i struggle with work-life balance is something that I, I really do but talk to me both, of me both of you talk to me about work-life balance with you know talk about to a football club and doing the stuff you do and then running your own business i think for yeah. me
1: it's acceptance of my health and just really being very accepting of it and I spoke to, because I also have, um, I have um, issues around menstrual health, which is, again, you're more likely to have if you have ADHD, which I find really interesting. I'm not sure of the biological link mm. there, but you're twice, as mo- twice more likely to suffer with menstrual pain if you have ADHD, which mm. I find really fascinating. Um, and I spoke to a business coach and I said, oh, I think I've got to the point now where I can allow myself to have two days a month where if I need to stay in bed, then I'll stay in bed. And she said, okay, that's interesting. She said, how long do you... She said, is two days usually what you feel unwell for? And I said, you no, know, usually it's about eight. And she was like, so why are you only giving yourself the two days? Mm-hmm. Why not eight days? You know, the world is not going to fall apart. If you don't like mm-hmm. really focus on your health and just forgiving myself and accepting that that's the way I need to work hasn't, hasn't made me any less productive, hasn't made me any less successful. If anything, it's made me just feel more healthy, mm. and, and a nicer person to be around, <laughs> yeah. um, and all of those things. So I think, I think um, it's very hard, isn't it? Especially now, like most of the women that I talk to that have their own businesses do currently already ha- also have jobs, and I have a job as well. Um, it's just the way, you know, cost of mm. living, which we don't need to go into, because it's utterly depressing, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, work-life balance is something that I think you have to make work for you and just not beat yourself up about it, Mm. you know, I mean, the the last thing you need on on top of everything else is that layer of, oh, I haven't meditated today, you know, it's just like, (laughs) just just adding more and more pressure, like the whole point of meditation is to not feel pressure, so Mm. just just go with what you can, and just, um, if you can go to bed, Um, half an hour earlier because you feel tired then do it and if you do feel compelled to get up early one day but not the next then just try it and Mm. just just shuffle things around and try not to it's easy for me to say because I can't live a routine but just try not to live too routinely because Mm. one thing might work one day and who knows what curveball is going to be chucked at you the next day and your whole schedule goes out of the window doesn't it so just try and go with the flow a bit more and just do what you can when you can yeah. I guess
0: it's sort of setting your own yeah. boundaries, isn't it? I guess yeah. that's yeah. the that's the thing for individuals trying to yeah. look at what what you've got as an individual. What I I'll need to switch off at that point and do mm. that. I guess just not my I've uh, difficulty for me. I guess is the the actual switching off the brain because when you when, mm. you know, it's when you're involved yeah. in lots of different projects, mm. whatever that looks like, trying to actually just take that time out to. Exercise is a massive thing for me. I love, i yeah. try and get out most mornings or whatever to, mm. to, to, to exercise. What about you, Kate? What do you do? You do, to, do, you, do you find it easy to switch off? Do you? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I no. am <laughs>
2: dreadful. I'm the last person you want to ask about work-life balance, really. But I'll, I'll tell you whatever pearls of wisdom I can. I mean, basically, I do think it's about, like, what Joe was alluding to, like, you know, knowing yourself hmm. and knowing what works for you and not if you if you have the luxury of working for yourself or you know of a trusting employer of doing the hours that suit you when they suit you to do them and you're right Sam about COVID helping us at least in that one way uh, with uh, working from home and having those flexible um, and hybrid ways of working that suit people better hopefully Um, yeah but for myself I think I think when I was younger um, it was really important for me to put work first all the time and not really take care of myself. Mm. Uh, so I would, you know, at my own cost, I would be um, doing really quite ridiculous things when I look back, because um, I was also a fashion model and that paid for my mm. counselling mm. training, so I would sometimes be getting up at five and going to do shows or something, and then in the afternoon I'd go in to do some counselling uh, still with still with really weird nails on or something, you know, pointy <laughs> shiny nails, on, and, and you know couldn't take them off in time, and uh, and I'd be working late because uh, people want counselling after work, you know, mm. and uh, working till about eleven at night, and I did I did get ill actually, mm. I, you know, it was not good, um, and I learnt the hard way really that you you have to uh, put yourself first sometimes and take care of yourself. Overwork if you have got it out of balance, and so I did. And myself, I've you know I've practiced Buddhism for years, okay. which means I uh, chant every day. <laughs> but if I've actually found that too noisy sometimes, and had to say to myself, "Oh, I'm not going to chant today because it's a bit too noisy for me today," yeah. yeah, something like that. So it's like never sort of giving away your power to the out to the outside, whatever that external is really, and trying to really um, trust yourself, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: go with it, and see how you feel. I mean there's going to be times when there's too much to do and there's too much pressure on you and you just have to get it done Mm. but hopefully those times are few and far between and in the in the middle times in between them you can pace yourself a bit more you know that's all I can
0: say it's really I think one person I think you you guys probably know uh, Camille Pearson yes Um, she's been on the podcast and she's fascinating chancer but she made a really valuable point about this when we was talking about it she said she used the the aeroplane scenario like you've got to put your yep. right, so you've got to look after yourself before you can mm. support and look after other people and be the best for so to become the best version of yourself you've got to take care of yourself and look after yourself and I feel that was for sure uh, really, for sure really, really powerful i still haven't been yeah. for a float though i, I promised oh you must i know <laughs> my wife's been she loved it she said yeah i'll it's on the list, it's on the, the to-do this.
2: But, but you know what I think? I think at a really deep level, we're all interconnected, mm. right? We, we know this through networks, we know R- this through football, R- and we all yeah. sort of chant as one in another way for the team, yeah, you know, yeah. and we all become like the 12th man or the 12th person or the 12th woman, yeah, whatever yeah, you want to yeah. say. But the thing is, like, if you've got that feeling of being deeply connected underneath it all, um, then you know that if you're taking care of yourself, you're actually taking care of everyone else as well. Yeah, yeah. It's no difference yeah. in a way. So it's I like, like you know, on that level, I think um, you know we don't need to feel guilty, mm-hmm. we don't need to feel uh, bad about it, or mm-hmm. feel like we're making excuses. No, it's so important. Like uh, your yeah. friend Camille said, yeah, yeah. got to put your own oxygen mask on,
0: yeah. as well. Yeah, oh, I love that. I want to, I want to touch, listen to some a couple of bits you said earlier about with with sport, and I guess with the with the fact of like the team building and stuff the, the amount you get from sport that yeah. you can take into business like I it's think incredible. about myself like I said I've played football my life and I think mm. you know going into different changing rooms mm. and that manto and that, that camaraderie between mm. people that, but you can take that into a business environment from a confidence yeah. point yeah. of view I guess I've been able yes. to then I've built I guess the business I've built over the last 10 years are all about connecting people bringing people together yeah. and sharing and stuff and it, it's all come from football so I think and you're Mm. I mean, interesting for what you're you're saying about yeah. what you mentioned and about certainly with from a woman's point of view and, and mm. women playing more sp- team sports like that and football especially, I guess, mm. trying to raise that and because it's life skills that it can teach you, I mm. think is amazing. It's
2: incredible, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I think that. What have you noticed? I guess f- being involved in football as you have done and, and yeah. s- seeing that uh, like some of yeah. the things that they would learn to take in.
2: Sam, Lewis FC women are my role models in life. Yeah. The, shame, the shame is that every year I get older and they get younger, so yeah. <laughs> it becomes more and more like weird. But they are, they are. I watch them on the pitch. I think, oh, that's amazing. Like their nails, right on the pitch, and they are strong. And I love the way they're so young, but they they kind of, you know, they they come up with ideas. Like when I'm with them, mm-hmm. they'll. You know, if we've got say, I made them all dinner the other night, right at my house. Like, how crazy is that? Thirty people around for dinner, all the coaches as well. Fantastic. I drove myself nuts trying to make chicken for everyone. It was really crazy. <laughs> but anyway, we ran out of cutlery. That's a lot of chicken.
0: That's a lot of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we ran
2: out of cutlery and everything. But anyway, and they're all coming. Like, I'll do this. I'll do that oh, don't worry, Karen, I'll go and get that, and I'll put that out there in the garden, and da-da-da-da-da, and they're all organised immediately, because they're a team. That's so cool. You know, And I'm just so impressed by them all. They don't they don't get phased, like I get, I get quite flustered sometimes. They do not get, they're all calm, and they know what they're doing, and they do it with a smile, they do it with humour. And I, I, I love it, right? And I learn from them all the time, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, and I just, this is one reason I want more girls and women to come and watch these amazing women footballers, you know, because there's so much to learn. But I'll tell you something, We've got, at the moment, we've got a head of performance at Lewis FC called Kelly Lindsay. And she used to play for US women. Wow. She also used to coach the Afghan women's team and wow. uh, the and, and called out a sexual abuse scandal there. She's amazing. And also the Moroccan national teams, both the men and the women, and set up a club in Hong Kong and all this. She's quite amazing, really. Yeah. Anyway, I find her very inspiring because she has always uh, learnt, been in professional setups of football and learned, all there is really, about uh, football and how you conduct yourself as a professional person. She talks about being a professional person, not right. just a professional footballer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
2: reliability, turning up on time, you know, yeah. being accountable to the rest of the squad and all of this stuff. And she talks about it, and I, I learn all the time from her. Wow. And uh, she says things like, you just gotta, you wake up in the morning, I'm not gonna do the American accent, yeah. it's <laughs> <embarrassing>. <laughs> You wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you just say, I am a champion like that to yourself. And I'm thinking, wow, yeah. if I did that every day, I'm sure I'd perform better. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> this is so great. This confidence and this kind of ability and this kind of always wanting to give one percent more every day. I love it. And that's you know, I, I get this is why I stay in it, right? I get so much personally, yeah, you know, imagine. from from the footballing uh, arena and and the and the men and women in it because there's some Mm -hmm. amazing we wouldn't have had equality at at, at lewis fc if it hadn't been for amazing male allies do you Mm, know what i mean amazing and it just i really feel very fortunate and honored actually to to do what i do and be where i am you know we are making history so every day i have access to these wonderful lessons in life that I'm afraid a lot of girls and women, like you've had them, Sam, mm. a lot of girls and women don't have, yeah, you know? And I, I wish I'd had it when I was a young girl and I was scared to ask a question or scared to, mm. to, to go out in front and direct things. I was scared to do all that because um, I felt like as a woman, I'd, I, you know, I just had to present myself well or, or I just had to... Um, you know, say yes and no and smile and laugh and be polite. Yeah. You know, ridiculous thoughts I had in my head yeah. when I was an intelligent person even, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm really glad, you know, that there are all these things that I, I witness every day when I'm at the Dripping Pan, because I'm there a lot, and I see on the pitch, and I just feel very lucky to be in that environment now.
0: i But I think, like, and, and just obviously, I think to take some credit for you as well by how much you must inspire that, that that next generation of of women as well (laughs) especially going into like i say that even that thought process as you've alluded to of uh, you know which we all get from time to time but sitting there thinking oh should i say that i don't want to ask that question i don't want to look silly or that but to be in an environment especially a male dominated one when it comes to football and again you know i don't necessarily maybe know then what they do about football I can't really say that but still yeah. having the yeah. the, the well, courage to be able to do don't that.
2: forget Sam I've been in a lot of therapy over the years <laughs> 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 it's true no joke. I, have, I have been in I like, my first therapy was when I was like 18 19 mm. where I was really you know like, I was actually very angry and didn't know I was angry because mm. I like, often women and girls you know they can be sad but they can't be angry and men can be angry but they can't be sad Mm. so they'll present men will present to a counselor as angry and they need to get them to cry really and get to the hub nub of the issue whereas as a girl I was very angry inside but I didn't know it I thought I was just depressed anyway and anxious actually but my counseling really really helped me and then as you train to be a counselor over the years um, you have to be in counselling at the same time. Yeah, so I was in my like, therapy group, I wow. had my own one-to-one, so I feel like I have got the courage and I have got, you know, the, the kind of um, self-belief to be there, just about, yeah.
0: just about. I'm yeah. on the edge of my seat sometimes. Yeah. But
2: I, that's that's where I think it all comes from, really.
0: That's amazing. Huh? And it is a step that ultimately anything, I think, want to teach the kids is that that self-belief is just key isn't it Mm. in life in business whatever it is we do if we can believe in ourselves we ultimately. believe look
2: at the lionesses how did they do that performance the other night against norway without self-belief yeah that's what they had yeah there was no stopping them after that first penalty and that's what we we that's what we need yeah don't we Mm. we need that yeah
0: yeah and it's great isn't it like alluding to that we're a couple of days away from the quarter-final and yeah. it's amazing isn't it what like you say we're talking about how far i guess the game has come as a whole but yeah. um, you know i listened to i think it was the high performance podcast and steph how and was talking on there um recently and just fascinating to listen to like when she first started and being in mixed teams and stuff and you know but yeah actually then getting picked in her own right, her own right and having to you know, but. She, it's only people like that, people like yourself who will will challenge what the status quo is at the moment. Because that's how change happens, isn't it? Yeah.
2: I mean, so I I like what we're doing at Lewis FC, but let me tell you now, a lot of the women players that have come to us over the years... Um, we've accidentally radicalised them because they've had it all normalised for them yeah. to play in the, uh, with the mm. boys and not have, boys won't shake their hand, they have to put their jumper over their hand before they shake their hand. Or, the, or they had to travel a long way to get to girls' teams to play with, with yeah. other women yeah. and girls, or, or be a small girl in a women's team because there weren't enough. And all that, that they've normalised all that. Yeah. So when they come to us and we say, no, no, of course you get the same sponsorship as the men. No, of course you get to play on the same pitch. Of course you get the same time to eat your food This is what happens at other clubs. Right, the women don't get the same time to eat their food or the same food. Of course, you get the same travel. I mean, what's the logic behind that? Because they just don't (laughs) value them the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 dreadful. Honestly, the way this resources are allocated, we're talking basics like what they wear, what they eat, how they travel. Just dreadful. But anyway, so when they come to Lewis FC over the years. Um, when we've said all this to them they start remembering all the terrible things that have happened to them mm. and uh, talking about their stories and the obstacles they've had to overcome that they didn't even know were obstacles yeah, at first because yeah. they've normalized it so much yeah. so it's there's, there's a that's, long way to go
0: There is, yeah I guess that's it isn't it it's, it, it's, it's normalizing what you've achieved at Lewis that's that's what should be normal we've that's set
2: we've set an example I hope
0: yeah absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, no. It's incredible to see, like I said, and and and, and even I guess, like you say, well, now with televised games and you know what, thirty thousand the other day at the MX, what uh, yeah. that as a whole was amazing, wasn't it? I know there's a lot of families there, which is great, which is surely what football yeah. is about and yeah. inspiring that next generation. It's right, so isn't it,
2: yeah. Families, I mean, at our women's matches we get a lot of families, and it's more of a sort of fifty-fifty gender mix. Still a bit more men than women, yeah. actually. Men's matches ninety percent men.
0: Really.
2: So there's going to be different atmospheres at different matches, and that's all right. And one of the things I really want to see happen, and that we all do on the on the board at Lewis FC, is for the women's game to grow according to its own values and not just mirror the men's. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we if someone says to me, like they did the other day at the Amex when we were watching... Um, Inconvenient way, Norway this is like a One Direction concert <laughs> I was like <laughs> the thing is I've never been to one but I was like great <laughs> that's brilliant I hope Harry Styles is here you know <laughs> but you know that's fine if that's the way the women's game is progressing yeah. let it it doesn't have to mirror the men's they're different yeah. you know it's brilliant
0: I feel, like you said, just accepting what it is as we do with ourselves, mm. what's best for us, exactly. and what, let what's, it grow the, according yeah, to its organically. Own yeah, because yeah. and... ultimately, like that, from an entertainment value point of view as well, that's where people, if that's what's entertaining, mm. and, and that the quality of football yeah. is great, and the people are out there, and like you said, I guess yeah. what what you sort of mentioned there, Joe, what you, I find difficult to understand with the comparison is that. In the men's game, everything that they do is to get the ultimate out of that performance. So nutrition and, you know, you know, equipment, everything is to get the, the best from that. That's so right, surely yeah. if that is what is the best, then you, you mirror that. In yeah. If that is what is the best to get the best performance out of the women as well. Not to go, well, no, we'll get the best out of the men and then the women can fit in around that. Like that's surely just from a logical point of view, if yeah. you're running a... a you're running two teams. You want that team to do be a successful. Yeah, but it's
2: about what you ca- actually care about. Nah. What you actually care about. I mean, one of the things when we put stuff on Twitter at Lewis FC, one of the stock answers we sometimes get if we actually are making waves with a new advert or a new campaign is nobody cares. That's really? what. They, yeah, that's what a lot of men, women's football. No one cares. Yeah, that's that's one of the stock answers they put, and it's actually true some extent if you yeah. look at if you want to know the reason mm. why you know at birmingham the men had uh, an hour in the canteen 45 minutes in the canteen to eat their food and if they went over that 45 minutes the women's half an hour was less and less and less so they had only had 15 minutes sometimes to eat their food the men don't know that mm. they're not deliberately doing it it's whoever makes the decisions on the board yeah, right yeah, that's where the problem is mm. so it's you know it's look at the boards. Look at who's making the decisions and who cares about what.
0: Yeah, it's, and, and again, it's the same with everything, isn't it? It's, it's whatever change needs to happen needs to happen from the top down, doesn't it? It's got to happen about that, within that environment, isn't it?
2: Well, it's, it, there has to be pressure from the bottom on decision makers, but the decision makers themselves are going to be the ones that you know. Uh, affect the change at the end of the day yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's quite simple isn't it yeah. so what's on their minds what are they what, what's on what their the barriers, agenda Yeah. What's the barriers yeah the, and
0: what's the I guess what the looking at what the barriers are for people to not want to change that why yeah. would you not want it to be
2: uh, oh, well the thing is at Lewis FC because we're community owned our whole thing is about creating value for our community mm. so we're already primed yeah. to look at things in a slightly different way on the board yeah. whereas at boards of other clubs if they're just trying to squeeze profit for someone yeah, then or some state i don't know yeah, yeah, <laughs> if they're yeah. just trying to do that then they they won't be thinking about uh, development and fairness mm. and those kind of things that that we're always thinking about because we are beholden to the
1: communities that own us yeah. Then no one else mm. it could so. be as simple as if you're not impacted by it you're not thinking about it mm. well exactly so, you that know, so if you're not yeah. a woman then why would you be thinking why? about whether yeah. it's because sometimes we're just in our own bubbles and we haven't got it's the space true. or the capacity to have that level of compassion and empathy unless someone's actually presenting us with it it's, so that it's right. absolutely it is, true it's mm. about the change because it's about standing up and saying no this is what's happening because otherwise if it's not happening to you you're not you know that's where yeah, a lot of unconscious bias now, like, comes yeah. from you know racism you know the amount of people yeah. that say might say something like i don't see color you and can't. it's like well it's not you it's better start a, seeing you know, it a, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> you're not seeing colour because you've never been affected by the colour yeah, that you yeah, are yeah. so yeah yeah no I it's
0: think, true i think you're right and uh, you know it's similar with with women in in those roles and equality and what that looks like similar with the black lives matter scenario yeah. like Me and my wife yeah. spoke about it earlier and it's saying that that you know we because of our white male privilege i guess you 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 don't look at it from that point of view so it's you're just i guess your mind is just set in a certain way and it's got to be Mm. like you say people have got to Mm. Yeah. It, we've got to speak out about stuff and we've got to pull people up on it definitely and right. we've and all got to
2: pull work pull together yeah, yeah absolutely you yeah, know yeah. that's the thing men and women who are you know all different races mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. all different sexualities all different sexual orientations yeah. all work together otherwise we're not representing and we won't change yeah. and it's important
1: to not demonise people who don't necessarily understand as well because yeah, this yeah, is true. about raising awareness you know people yeah, might true. think a certain way because they simply haven't been presented with the facts or the issues. Mm. So we have to be really yeah. careful I think in education and when trying to make change to not see people who don't understand as oh, as them, yeah. bad or, yeah, or, or, yeah. or you know, like we, we have mm. to we have to come from quite a loving, I think, place to be able mm. to educate people mm. and, and try and just you know, do you want to get people on the same path by educating them or do you want mm. to keep kind of attacking them so that mm. that kind of Love never that. goes away? I, I, I think absolutely. that's true. And I think a lot of
2: it is about conversations. And what we, so at the, at the Dripping Pan, where we play, because it's community-owned, we all feel like, we try and, you know, cultivate a feeling that it's our front room. And that what we wouldn't have in our front room, we wouldn't have there. Mm. So if we hear abuse, mm. um, we would have a conversation about it because there are guests. Yeah, your guests, you don't just say get out, right? mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. a conversation, unless it's Not really fat. bad, and then you do say get out. Yeah, yeah, There's um, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. always a line. It's always, <it's> always <laughs> possible. There's always a line. But the thing is, I was going to say, I had a conversation with a couple of away fans at a men's match you know, last season where they were saying to me, apropos of nothing, and I didn't even know them, but they came up to me and said, Hey, your player, Ollie, is gay, isn't he? Like that. And I thought, what? And I said, well, why is that? Why is that an issue? You no, know, what, 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 what is the point here? Oh, well, it's the way he does his eyebrows. They, they're gay, right? Because okay. he's done little <laughs> shavy bits in his eyebrows. And I was like, what? What are we even talking about here? And they go, ah, well, why would a man care that much about his appearance? And I said, well, first of all, that is one question. But the other question is we're all human beings if someone's gay or not yeah. it's not the point we're all human beings here together yeah. so now another person might have found it hard to have that conversation mm. but you know it wasn't triggering me too much yeah. uh, and I was genuinely slightly um like discombobulated by like well, I don't even know what they're talking about what mm. is the point here like what is this conversation right yeah. like, so but the thing is we were all primed mm. that it's like our front room we will have conversations with people. That's great. See what it. What is it that they mean? Unpack it. If they mm. think it's a joke, why is it a joke? Yeah. What's the joke? What's funny? Explain yeah. it to me because yeah. I don't get it. Things like that, and we're all kind of up for that, and that, we'll have that open. Yeah, that, that
0: open communication is so important, isn't it? Like with everything within yeah. within any business platform, whatever that looks like. I, mean, I, I talk about culture on here a lot, and I think what, one thing listening again to the, the high-performance one with Stefan and talking about like the England team and the Lionesses going and winning 8 like, like they all went out and played for each other and that culture that they've created, you yeah, can yeah. tell like there's this, this strong mm. family culture that they've got in there and that's what makes winning teams and winning, like, again I, I allude back to the Salon, I always say that I've, got, I've it fell because I think I've got the culture wrong, I went in with what my preconception of what it was like to be a leader, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I think, I, so I always talk about culture. But I think one thing I, I I wonder, and I'll be interested to get your views on this, with, I, I guess, I'm um, a little bit, but women maybe have a better soft skills and empathy. And be at, so to be able to, because traditionally you look at, you know, I'm going back probably a lot further than traditionally in a men's changing room for example there were not necessarily a lot of soft skills going on there yeah. <laughs> and how you can you know, and i've been there and been on the other end of it so you sort of go but yeah. that doesn't necessarily then create a, a great culture within a in a club mm. within a business because i am relating to everything sport and business but because they're so similar and creating mm. a strong culture so mm. i'm been picked like, up from i guess so much that the men's game could even learn mm. from the, uh, the women I ladies. think
1: girls can be incredibly mean, though. I mean, let's not yeah. si- lose yeah, sight no, no, of that. Yeah, no, well. no, 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 <laughs> no, yeah. uh, Again, I'll, I guess I'd be interested to see, yeah, to, yeah. to get
0: the, the different angle on that as well. Is yeah. That, yeah you, you know, potentially bitchiness and etc. Yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera yeah. But that. I think
1: again, coming down to skills, you know, that's why I would love to see more of more of us working together as a team. And it's okay to recognise that there are certain skills that that women will always probably. Um, you know, major in and that men will have skills that major in and that's why you use those skills and you bring Mm. different skills to the table to make something Mm. work. So I think like, you know, with the locker room banter, you know, you you probably would, I don't know, take them out, take them out for days where you have the the men's team and the women's team mixing and see how that works and see what they can learn from each other. It is, it's really great when we do that, but
2: we we don't get to do it that often just because of everyone's time and, you know, how it all works. But I mean... This is a tricky one. I wouldn't want to take away from the changing room banter and the odd yeah. hairdryer or whatever, you know, yeah. because <laughs> it's, it's, it's essential. And, I, you know, our coaches on the men's side, Tony and Joe, are amazing. Yeah. But they are proper football coaches. They yeah. will shout and, you know, but they, they select carefully. They don't yeah. want... Well, I don't know if I can say it, I'll say it. They don't want any dickheads on the team is what they say. So they they (laughs) select carefully because they want to know who they can develop Mm -hmm. and who they can work with properly. And they will shout at them, of course they will. And on the women's side, I think there is a a slightly different way of approaching coaching with women. That was almost a poem. Um, (laughs) And I do think you you, you maybe don't pick one woman out and start shouting at her or something in front of everyone Mm -hmm. else. Um, Because there is a confidence issue between, there's a confidence gap and authority gap between men and women. Mm -hmm. So you do you do treat people differently um, according to who they are. Um, So I think it it is an interesting thing. But one thing I've you know that that we've noticed at Lewis FC is that when the men and women do get together, they do learn from each other. Mm -hmm. There are skills that they both have that they can learn from each other and it's an amazing thing to see it's like it's like seeing equality in action really because we've got the men's and the women's teams we've got them both i mean you 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 were right what you said earlier joe you can't have equality with just women (laughs) you know you you need both so it's um you know and value them for who they are and what they are and what they bring to the table really which is again a little mirror of society really isn't it yeah if we could all do that
0: yeah yeah, uh, you know it'd be it'd
2: be um a great place
0: yeah I love that, and I do think you are. I think like uh, I think again. I relate it to from a business point. Ultimately, it's just about knowing people and being able to communicate mm. that with. because yeah. some people actually respond better to not necessarily criticism, but they need a little bit sometimes of bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they respond well to that. And because yeah. other people do need that arm around the shoulder, yeah. and yeah. and but that only comes from being a good communicator doesn't it well
2: these are the skills of a great coach aren't they discerning who needs what and also you've got that you've got that incredible privilege of picking who is in your team and trialing Mm -hmm. so you can see how people work together and you can see if you're going to get we we don't like you know mean girls Mm -hmm. you know we we don't we sort of edge them out of the team Mm -hmm. and get new ones in they're going to work together and and know what our culture is and got very strong yeah. culture at lewis they all know the culture and yeah. their values it's we over me mm. you know yeah. all the time and um have to really uh, muck in and there will be leaders emerging because you need a captain and vice captain and a little leadership team mm. brilliant yeah. but everyone is in it together and no one is better than another mm. one yeah. and that's yeah. how it is yeah
0: amazing that. look we're sort of coming towards the end so i just want to Finish up, but before we go into a quick fire questions, tell me what, what does the future hold for you both, like, in regards to the obviously the plans of working together and and moving oh, forward. we haven't the even got to the,
2: got onto the <laughs> yet, have we? We haven't. No. <laughs> Oh, should I should explain <laughs> please, one of the things, um, please, you know, that we developed at Lewis FC, we kind of formalised the women's groups that were coming to the dropping pan to watch Lewis FC women. And a lot of them we called unwelcome women that had never really been welcomed to football before, even if it wasn't deliberate, mm. you know, in the ti- in 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 the respect of there being a 50 year ban on women's football in this country mm. and it becoming culturally much more acceptable to watch or play if you're a man and all the signals were there weren't they on the telly you saw men's matches back in newspapers all you see still Mm. is men so you know the signs are all there so women are largely whether they like it or not unwelcome so we've made them welcome but we had to go and tell them that they were welcome and we had to go and explain why they were welcome and what had happened in the past get them along and at uh, first, I went to like women's groups like Brighton Women's Centre, Women's Institute groups, uh, WEP groups, uh, groups, little feminist groups, and that I could find in Brighton, you know, or yeah, Lewis, yeah, Lewis yeah. Women in Business, and uh, Lewis Women's Rugby team, asked them to come along, literally asked them, you know, yeah. physically go there and say, come and this yeah. is why. And, and they all did and it was brilliant and it, it all went very well and they gave us feedback and we changed things, got vegan milk in, you know, vegan pies, all the rest of it, as well as all the chicken pies, <laughs> <Yeah>. and um, <laughs> it's all great. And got little book talks and things, choirs coming before matches, we make it interesting, appeal to different people that maybe weren't gonna come because of the football initially, but would come back because of the football. And so we formalised this into a group called the Sisterships. Mm. So any group that empowers girls or women in some way can join Lewis FC sisterships. And what it is is basically a group who communicate together and mutually support each other in some way, and can network physically at matches together, mm-hmm. chat to each other, enjoy the game, have fun, have joy yeah. through the entertainment of a football match. And um, you know, and we we they're also different. Like Joe's group is one, the co-women group that mm-hmm. Joe runs. But there's also like the police. Sussex and Surrey Police who run a he for she thematic um, campaign within them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, as I say, the the women in business groups or the uh, Brighton Women's Centre, Rise, the domestic abuse charity, the Survivors Network, we, we, Girls Network. We work with all of them in different ways. Maybe right. sometimes it's providing players to inspire or we're we raising money for them at the gates, yeah, you know, with yeah. collection buckets or publicising them w- with our socials yeah. um, and running a co- like with the police. We've run courses for them on um, using football as a vehicle for whether it's leadership or whether it's team building, yeah. whether it's commanding the respect of the changing room, yeah. whether it's taking up space and using your voice in a women's football chanting workshop.
0: <laughs> you know, we've done all these sort of things
2: wow. and, and we've had a lot of fun. But, yeah, that's the sisterships. And Joe's group has, has recently joined because we met recently, didn't we? (laughs) Yes.
1: We met, we came and watched a game. And then um, I heard you speak at the Acumen Convention and we had a chat after that, didn't we? So, yeah, it's just about you know finding those like-minded women and expanding your voice. And I just think as time goes on, I'm definitely going to be becoming an owner at some point. Um, oh, I'm excited about that, ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's cool, isn't it? Becoming
2: an owner of a football club. I know, I mean, why yeah, would you not want to do that? Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we'll be coming to games and sporting, looking forward to hosting some events at the Dripping Pan. So um yeah it's, it's an exciting time and i and i love that yeah. you're reaching out to all the different networks um rise especially because i'm a i'm an ask Be ambassador for rise so i oh. step out into the community and just help people talk i'm not a therapist or work for them as such but i could go out and i could talk about the work they do and signpost people to the help they need Amazing. so um and before COVID, did a lot of sort of uh, fundraising events for Eyes as well so, mm. so it'll be good to sort of be connected with them again through you yeah. and just um, they're, they're great they're, they're, they're amazing yeah,
0: yeah. phenomenal shall yeah. we yeah. Yeah. yeah we've worked on a big, so I, I do the charity issue at the end of each year in SBT where we just give free space to just to raise awareness for various different charities, because there's so many amazing mm. charities. yes yeah. some of them don't have the budgets of maybe sort of Chestnut yeah. Tree House and people like that to try to create spaces for them to be able to mm. promote what they do. And yeah, just yeah. For free spaces, yeah. But I know of, of Ryzen, yeah, it's an amazing charity. So I'm yeah, wondering. they're fantastic. Yeah.
2: I mean, the sisterships are all fab, and I followed them all on on the socials and yeah. stuff. And that's sort of like one. It's sort of like a little bubble in itself. But that's really useful because I can take that back. To um, Lewis FC yep. and work out what we need to do. So, with the all the violence against women and girls that was very high profile last mm-hmm. year, feeding that back into the club, we came up with the men's team deciding to do call him out and call out, you know, misogynistic mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, sexist behaviours within within ourselves, within themselves and yeah. anywhere at the football ground, which they have done, and they really? continue to, they made public pledges about it, yeah, and they're all sort of big, strong footballers, you know, yeah, like role models, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they are going, no, we're not having it, if we if we hear ourselves accidentally say something or anyone else, we'll call him out, hashtag call him out. Love that. Yeah, they great, and that came from sisterships, yeah. like from seeing, because there were a lot of women talking to other women, and that's not how mm. you're going to change things. Yeah. So true.
0: Like you said, I, I Listen to the conversation that throughout for last hour or so. Very much so. It's and what I think is brilliant about it is it is all about unified. That we the only way actually we really make change is is to do it, all all be on the same page and all do it together. It's not about like mm. women are fighting for you know equality in that way and men are over here and we're mm. not involved in it. We just go okay, yeah. Mm. It's about the men getting involved in that yeah. and, and looking at it from and all working yeah. together in a in yeah. a partnership and that's a and true I, collaboration, I guess. And I just love
2: yeah. people to come and meet our footballers and our coaches because yeah. often the men footballers will turn up at some of the women's matches and vice versa, and mm. mm. really happy to introduce you know you yeah. Joe anyone yeah. that's at the match to some of these amazing. Male footballers and yeah. the women footballers because yeah. they, I, I, just think they're 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 wonderful, yeah, you know. Absolutely. They really are. They're really thinking about stuff yeah. and using their platforms.
0: I guess that's it as well, isn't it? It's the, they've got a platform to be able to do it. So if you've got, yeah, you've got exactly. that right message. Like you said, I guess earlier about from a marketing perspective and what that looks like as a football club and how you can change the right messaging and and if every football club got behind that and started to change then
2: well we'd change the world no question we'd have changed culture if we did that with every football club because that
0: because that surely that's got to be the world that people generally that we want to live in
2: isn't it yeah. Is this the world I want to live in? Yeah. About you, Jen. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. <laughs> we well, there's three of us in I here. I can't We're imagine working. it any other way. You know, it's <laughs> just Let's like start from
1: here. <laughs> yeah. Why would you not want everyone to have the best quality of life? What's the alternative to that? So, yeah. yeah. It just makes yeah. sense. Love that.
2: Love oh. that. That's well,
0: listen, that's a great way to sort of come to it. Look, uh, like I said, there was a couple of quick fire questions that we sort of finish up with so um we we generally have three so i'm going to ping one at each of you (laughs) um and we'll go from here so first you joe what one piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self
1: prioritize joy um allow yourself to be coachable and be fearless with what you believe in Mm. that's three (laughs) i love that awesome Kevin,
0: one one for you who who's inspired you in your career and why
2: But you know, I'm going to say the women footballers because I've already spoken about them and I I honestly do find them continually inspiring. So, And watching it on the TV, even, the the Lionesses, yes, them.
0: Are are England going to win there? Of course they are, (laughs) Sam. That's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Prediction for for the last one, prediction for for Wednesday.
1: Oh, you can lead with that one.
0: 2-0
2: 2-0 to us. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm, gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to take that. I'm going in with that. Right, last one. This is to both of you, if you can. Just recommend a book or podcast to any of our listeners that you maybe listened to or read that you, has inspired you, influenced you in some way.
1: I would have to say Gabor Marte. Um, I have the back catalogue of all of his books. Um, he's a neuroscientist um, doctor, and he has a very long history of adhd himself of trauma um Mm. and he's just like this living walking guru (laughs) Mm. i went to watch him speak in london a couple of weeks ago and at the end he said if anyone has a question stand up and come to the podium and i thought "Mm, everyone's going to be a little bit introverted like me like no it's all right about 50 60 people jumped out of their seats ran up to the front and he had i mean it was like watching a life magician at work you know really? they're, they're, these people turning up to podium with very very complex problems each one different and he was just <laughs> knocking these answers out and creating healing and magic in, in in front of our very eyes i mean he's just the oh, most there's, that sounds like a good one. there's a two-hour documentary called the wisdom of trauma and i would just, I would tell everybody to watch it, it's absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. and how the, he's just got so much compassion for one human being, it's, it's really quite incredible. So, wow. Gabon awesome. Marte is mine, definitely. Thank yeah. you very much. a <laughs> Good one, and for, yeah, I would say one
2: podcast that I have listened to a lot that's been really helpful has been How to Own the Room. Do you know that one by Viv Grosscott? No,
1: but I feel like I need that. So you will, like, look it, look it you will <laughs> like it, you will like it, Joe. Look it
2: up. She so it's called How to Own the Room, and what mm. she does is she like interviews, um you know sort of famous or semi-famous women that basically speak in public for one reason or other maybe they're authors maybe they're politicians or Mm. maybe they've got their own business and they've got to top of it and they they kind of have to talk about it a lot and um, she she kind of like asks them questions about their top tips and how they do it and experiences that they've had but what she does in her podcast which I found really interesting found really useful for my own brain Mm. is that she kind of stops Uh, every now and again and says so what we've learned here is that you do this this and this and kind of reminds you what you've just learned so that it goes in oh that's good it's really helpful and it's very practical you see and so yeah so I find it um, I find that useful and uh, some of the people that that she interviews um, are obviously very interesting like uh, I I was listening to to Kate Moss the author not the model Mm. the author and she was sort of saying how she she prepares and uh, even she's interviewed like Hillary Clinton and people like that and talking about how they prepare and Mm. Carrie Gracie, that Campaign for Equal Pay in the BBC, she talks a lot about networking and the support mm. that she's got before she even goes into a room to ask for a pay rise or something. She has to sort of have a night crying on her friend's shoulders <laughs> first. <and laughs> then, but it's sort of so interesting, yeah, it's so sort yeah. of, you know, these are real tips, yeah, real experiences. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I've listened to that a lot. And as a result, I've written on my computer a little post-it that says, you belong in this Zoom Right, because that's the room. Sometimes, yeah, isn't it? The yeah, Zoom. Yeah, yeah. You belong in the Zoom. Because sometimes I think I'm, I'm not, you know, worthy of being there or something. So I've wrote, written that as a result of that podcast, and it's helped me a lot.
0: Amazing, amazing. Mm. Listen, thank you both so much. It's been the, what <laughs> it's a fascinating <laughs> conversation. Thanks Thanks no, it's been, been real, Sam well, Really. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really Listen, I've I've really enjoyed it, and so uh, and what you're both doing in you know in the world of business, sport, and and you know making it game changers oh, I guess uh, we can say mate, really making a change is, oh, it's you. amazing and yeah keep doing it and keep doing great stuff so listen thank you so much it's been an awesome episode I can't wait much. to share it I'm so just honoured
1: to be in Karen's company to be honest I'm, so. I'm honoured <laughs> to be in both of your companies stop it oh my god <laughs> yeah. that
0: imposter syndrome isn't it? Yeah. you need to yeah awesome and that as they amazing. say is a wrap thank rap, you so much thank, thank you, you Sam. That thank was you thank you